0: Often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slapbox.
1: Slapbox. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 472. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting inside the Slapbox Penthouse... Which still sounds weird in my head. Still feel like saying the bunker. Almost. Ha, fucked that one up. But in in the last second, the Red Bull kicked in. It reminded me, oh yes, this is the penthouse. I'm not in a basement anymore. I'm in the upstairs. Of my townhouse. A.K.A. the penthouse. And uh, it is the day. Or the weekend of Labor Day. I was going to say the day before Labor Day. It's only Saturday. When I'm recording this, tomorrow will be the day before when I post it. It's good to know what day of the week it is sometimes, I guess. cause uh, But hey, I'm all thrown off. I have a three-day weekend. Doesn't really happen anymore. Uh, I mean, I guess the last couple holidays I've been lucky. But I work a lot of hours. A lot of hours. And I really need it right now. Because the penthouse, it's not cheap. <laughs> it is costing quite a bit of money. Although, it wouldn't be bad if I didn't, say, have a lot of credit card debt plus a car payment. Also, you know, I still plan on buying that uh, Gibson Les Paul, Adam Jones, uh, Les Paul Standard, that is, once that comes out with the old credit card. (laughs) Although, maybe I'll I'll somehow have three grand laying around at that point. Uh, It seems unlikely. But, anyway, yeah, uh... (laughs) So, uh, I, I did uh, get up a little early this morning, though, even though I didn't have to work. I, uh, my friends, uh, John and Megan, which, with whom that, uh, I, uh, printed shirts for them back when they ran the run store, the DRC in, uh, Washmo, the Daily Run Club store down, uh, on Front Street. Back when I was silkscreening the old t shirts. Uh, yeah. So, uh, they still put on uh, two, well, I don't know if they're going to ever put on the LX3 again. But they had two races a year that they would do the LX3, the Lion's Lakes Loops, which looped around Lion's Lake, it takes place in April. Of course, that didn't happen in 2020. I really like that one. That one's the older race, and uh, it's just uh, the, the little loop around Lion's Lake, which is like .7. Something of a mile, so not a full mile. And then it was a fun time, uh, that one, just seeing all the racers over and over again. Whereas today, I did help out since I knew that I didn't have to work. I messaged Megan like, hey, you know, need need my help. And uh, this, I guess this morning she messaged me like, hey, because a couple of people that were supposed to run, help out with the aid stations were uh, going to have to sit out because of covid uh, deals they might or might not have COVID. They were getting tested, waiting to hear back. So I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so I uh, stayed out at uh, the Klondike Boat Ramps Station, because this this race is the uh, 50-50 on the Katy Trail, which I've had a lot of experience running on the Katy Trail at this point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was either the 50-mile race, or the 50-kilometer race, which uh, I've come close to doing 50 kilometers, not at a race, but uh, that I definitely haven't come close to hitting 50 miles. That's that's a bit of a different story because 50 kilometers is roughly 31 miles, something like that, where I've fallen just short of 31 miles. Like 30-something point something I hit. Anyway... <laughs> It was uh, the rain the rain wasn't too bad. it's picked up a little bit at the end when we were shutting down the stop the aid station, which we we were lucky to have the first aid station to shut down because uh, I was actually pretty tired there at the end. I came home and took a nap afterwards but uh, we were at the halfway point for the race, which uh, everyone turned around at. And, uh, well, it wasn't halfway for the 50 mile, but they had to turn around there and they had another spot past the finish line where they would go, which I think everybody was finishing in the same spot, but I think they would turn around at, like go back past the finish line, which has got to fucking suck for you mentally. Uh, but then have to turn back around and, uh, go back to it. So they had two turnarounds. I think is how that worked. Not a hundo on that. Um, (laughs) But uh, it, it was cool seeing the racers out there and stuff and uh, cheering them on a little bit. Uh, I often feel though I've only helped out like at aid stations a couple of times. and I always just feel like I'm getting in the way because there's I'm usually with people that have worked aid stations a bunch, and I'm used to just racing. so I don't and I've only done a couple of races really. So I always just feel like I'm <laughs> in the way. I'd rather be out there like pacing somebody or something along those lines like I was trying to help make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I haven't really made peanut butter jelly sandwiches since I was a child and I was not doing a very good job of that it was bad it was bad and I I can cook, but for, for whatever reason, making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich not my forte, not my forte French omelet you know I can hook you up on that. I might end up browning a little bit too much. you, you shouldn't burn brown French omelet but hey <laughs> if you got to get the reps in. And I sure as shit didn't have reps in on the peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Uh, But I I did get uh, a few few drinks passed out, and uh, I helped uh, uh, point out numbers on people. And uh, apparently we only had a couple of mistakes there with numbers. (laughs) I'm kidding. Because we would have to mark down uh, what time somebody came through and make sure that uh, we didn't leave anybody out there on the trail unaccounted for. In case somebody, you know, had a real rough day, had an emergency situation, something of that nature, uh, you know, that, that that's no good. You don't want anybody out there uh, suffering and, uh, like, injured or something, you know, but uh, at the end, uh, yeah, I, there was, whew, I think I heard something, a figure of, like, 30 people dropping out of the race before, like, even started. So it wasn't uh quite that big of a race. They did have it ended up having it last year and I did not uh help out in it last year. I felt a little weird. I was gonna go out there and just hang out for a bit, but it, there was a lot of people out there and uh I was unvaccinated at the time as was everyone at this point in time last year. But uh it was I was like, you know what, maybe maybe not. Maybe not <laughs> And they they struggled a bit whether you know, the decision whether or not to do it last year, but it turned out okay it's, it's, I don't think anybody, it didn't create a, uh, I don't think a whole lot of people got, or anybody that I'm aware of got COVID from it last year. So it worked out just being outdoors, you know, cause the whole race is outdoors, even the aid stations and everybody's kind of, you know, distant from each other. So worked out, worked out. But, uh, so that was my morning. <laughs> uh, the other day, man, I, the other day I had this, uh, panic moment, this is completely unrelated to this uh, topic of conversation here. But the I'm looking at my phone, and uh, it reminded me when I got out of my car Thursday, I guess it was. Yeah, I was off work on Thursday, too. I took a vacation day. And I got out of my car, and for whatever reason, I had my phone still in my hand with other stuff. And then I dropped it on the garage floor concrete floor and there was a moment of panic as when i picked it up now it didn't seem like it hit that hard it didn't fall that far you know it wasn't loud or anything when it hit and it didn't really look like it hit the screen but when i picked it up and i forgot too that i had like tempered glass screen protector on it i thought it was just more of the like a film thing on it. hadn't really thought about it much in a while. And uh, I pick it up, and I see it's cracked. And it looked like it was underneath the protector. I thought the screen was cracked. I was like, oh, fuck me. Shit. You know, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the last time I had fucked a screen up on a phone, I ended up having to get it replaced. And it was, like, not too long after I bought the phone, it was my iPhone before the last? Maybe it was the last iPhone I had before this. This is the iPhone 12 Pro. Still fairly new. I got it last December or something like that. December or January? I'm not sure. Anyway. (laughs) The last time I had a phone repaired, it would cost me, I think, about maybe $60 to get the screen replaced. That was like an iPhone 8 or something of that nature. I think it might have been my last one. But, <laughs> I, uh... So I'm thinking, you know, that wouldn't be the end of the world. Probably going to be a little bit more than that since this is a newer phone, they probably use a different type of screen. Yada yada. I'm playing video games with my good buddy Todd, and uh, we're playing some Borderlands... And I'm just really, like, looking more and more at the phone. I see more and more of the cracks. I'm just like, motherfucker. <laughs> As, uh, I'm just like, oh, man, I think my front my phone is cracked. <laughs> the screen, this is a problem. And I, I do the Google search, because, like, all right, how much is it going to cost me? And I look up the local uh, shop, uh, Batteries, Bulbs and More, I think is the name of the place. That's where I had gotten my screen repaired previously, and... It, I don't even think it was sixty bucks. I think it was probably more like fifty anyway, but uh like they they did a good job it it worked and like it was quick. I don't remember how long it took, but I dropped it off and then I don't know, thirty forty minutes. I don't remember what it was but uh I left came back and picked it up and so I looked up <laughs> their costs of this for the iPhone twelve pro, four hundred dollars it would cost to replace the screen <laughs> it's like holy shit <laughs> like that that's gonna hurt and i'm thinking like oh man i just looked into which i might just end up buying this weekend but uh a steadicam for uh my iphone to do some recording because i was still thinking about once i get the uh gibson les paul standard there. uh do some filming of it, but I'd like to get a steady cam to steady up the shots as I, you know, and just, you know, to film stuff. I want to get into really filming stuff. I haven't uh, done a whole lot of it. Uh, one of these days I'll really rock that YouTube channel, uh, you know, by putting up a video a year or something. <laughs> but, uh, and then I was just like, well, I don't know if I just completely trash this phone. I, I don't even want to spend $400 on fixing a screen. Much less getting a steady cam and stuff for it. But uh which they don't call it a steady cam, I guess they call it have some other term for it. Uh but Yeah, it was like four hundred dollars. I mean, that's just it was hurting my my brain. It was just no fuck, no, fuck. And then uh not too long after that, after I'd stopped playing video games, I actually peeled back the uh shield screen shield of it and realized like oh hey you know what (laughs) it's not the screen it's just the tempered glass shield that's cracked (laughs) and there was definitely a bit of well a huge feel of relief uh (laughs) and so uh Oh, I think I'm getting a scam thing here. It says "att free message." Congrats to two lucky users today's winners of our raffle: Tim Davis and you, Josh. Claim now. I bet if I click on that link, it's gonna be some scam thing. I'm gonna disregard that. Um, but uh, although I kind of feel like I should fuck around with it, then the, I don't, I don't want them to get any of my personal information. Uh. But there was definitely, oh man, once I peeled that up and realized, oh, I, th- I think the screen is fine. I think it's fine. It's like, oh. And I immediately went back to my computer and looked up how much a screen protector would cost for the uh, tempered glass screen protector. And uh, it was like uh, 40 $45 dollars. I was like, "All right, I'm going immediately to the AT and T store. Not only just to get a screen protector, but if I go to the AT and T store, they'll put it on for you." <laughs> I suck at getting those screen protectors on without uh, getting lint and other shit on there, and that's uh, so fucking annoying to to put a, something on your screen and then you can see, you know, a speck or two of lint underneath and it won't like completely like make that seal on there. It's so fucking annoying. So, uh, you know, I'll maybe even spend a little bit more money and go to the AT&T store and, and go get that done. So that's what I did. I immediately went over there and that made the 40, 42 dollars. I think it was, is what it ended up being for it. Uh, <laughs> knowing that uh, I could, I could sleep well knowing that I didn't spend $400. $40 is much more of a easier pill to swallow when you think, like, oh, fuck, no, I have to spend $400. <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah, here's $40. Here, I'll throw in a tip. Just don't, you know, fuck up that screen. That's great. My uh, case has been dinged up a little bit, too. I feel like if I would not have had this case on here, that there might have been some issues here and there. They do say, though, that the iPhone 12 uh, screen is supposed to be more shatter-resistant, which is part of the reason why the damn thing costs so much. Um, But it's still fairly easy to scratch, even though it's shatter-resistant. So I definitely am glad that I have the screen protector on there. Um... (laughs) holy shit, man, that, that is just way too big of an investment for something that I constantly have in my pocket and p- <laughs> take out, and, you know, I've dropped it a few times, I'm, these days, I'm really fucking, try to be really careful with my phone, though, I've, I haven't i dropped it as much as, say, I used to drop back in the day, the old flip phones, I broke, I don't know how many flip phones, well, I probably, well, I guess I only had, like, Four flip phones or something of that nature, but I think I broke every fucking flip phone that I had. And back then, of course, I, I did uh, do do a little bit more of the alcohol consumption thing, a little bit more. You know, I drank more than I do now. That's for sure. I don't uh, don't have as much alcohol as I did then. As uh, I would uh, constantly go to the bar at least once a week. I'd hit up the bar. Back in the day, I would uh, get really trashed, and (laughs) I texted a lot more people back then, especially when drinking, which sometimes I'd look back the next day and try to read my text messages. Like, I don't think I ever sent, or, well, I didn't do a whole lot of sending inappropriate things that might get me in trouble to people. Uh, I mean, to friends that, you know, would thought, only stuff I would send to friends was that was fucked up was stuff that they would think was funny. <laughs> I wasn't uh, asking for, uh, you know, sending out dick pics and stuff, trying to get my uh, tip in somewhere. Um, that I recall. <laughs> I'll see the politician about that. Anyway, um, but I remember looking back on uh, several occasions the night the the morning after, and looking at my text messages and it just being just random fucking letters and stuff in there, I'm like, I don't even fucking know what I was trying to text at that point now, I'm not even talking about blackout nights, like where i obviously I didn't remember exactly what I was trying to send the text message, but <laughs> oh, you could always tell like how fucked up I got the night before by like how well written the text messages were <laughs> and there was i guess at that point with the flip phones the the autocorrect wasn't uh much of a thing yet uh <laughs> uh i got really good with those phones though how you'd have the have to hit the button three times to get the the right letter and stuff i got pretty quick and i could do it sometimes without really looking at it by just by telling like where the uh intentions and stuff were on the buttons and you're like oh here we go I went the right letter <laughs> one two three one two three one two three four you know you gotta hit hit whatever numbers to get to uh, T or U and yada yada uh but uh, there were a few or at least one of the flip phones wasn't so much the dropping that that gave out or destroyed the phone whereas just it wore out. And the uh, hinge, where the phone flo- the phone would flip out, it just gave out, and the thing just eventually just kind of snapped. Although it probably was dropped a few times. I know I had some slider phones too, and I know I broke at least one of those. I had like two or three of those. I remember thinking the sliders were cool. Flip phones, <laughs> I was like, yeah, these are. Those aren't. Those weren't so cool. The slider though was like, "Ooh, check out the slider!" I remember as a kid being very uh, mesmerized by switchblades. So it kind of had that effect of a switch. A switchblade? Not really. I mean, you couldn't cut people with it, and it wasn't quite so fast. But the keyboard just sliding out. It's nice. <laughs> uh never had like a BlackBerry or anything with a massive keyboard on it, though. That seemed like it'd be kind of a pain in the ass. I would have broke that sucker like right away too, (laughs) especially back then. I mean, I would really hit the sauce on Saturday nights, sometimes Friday, sometimes Friday and Saturday, but (laughs) it was was, uh, risky to be carrying it. I can't imagine When I used to drink like that, if I was carrying around a iPhone 12, which was, I don't know, it's like, what is it, like $1,000 or something when I initially got the phone? But, like, I didn't pay for it right then. I'm still paying for it, and I'll be paying for it for a couple of years. As they just add on, you know, to my monthly bill. But if I had that when I was, say, 26, 27, just fucking going to the bars, just getting shit-faced fucking plastered every damn weekend there uh it would it would be very sad whereas back then you'd have the free upgrades like once your contract was up you could get a free fucking phone or what i would do if i didn't get a free upgrade i would uh <laughs> i would get a refurbished phone for like 50 bucks 40 50 bucks and it'd be a decent phone, you know. It was a little older, but shit, you know. I did that forever, I, which is why I didn't really give a shit so much when, like, I broke one of them. It was not a, a bit of a problem. Although, like, <laughs> if I would have had this work of art here, the iPhone 12 with the power that it has, which I would have loved to have had back then, holy shit, to be able to take... As good as pictures with this thing and video. Although the video would have probably been really bad stuff. It would have just been like just a bunch of drunk people. Like, and then I'd have all the, I don't know that I, now looking back at that, that would have been horrible because I would have, instead of looking at text messages the next day and trying to figure out what the fuck I was talking about, I probably would have given up drinking altogether, maybe, if I would have had that feature could we just record really nice video? Cause I probably would have done some recording of me and my drunk friends and then seeing myself drunk the next day sober would probably not be good. Not be good. I know I saw myself on video like once or twice me being drunk and it was not, it was not fun to watch. It was like, you're really annoying. You are really fucking annoying. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know how many of my friends put up with me other than the fact that they are also drunk. I mean, Buzz Josh is one thing, but really fucking drunk, is like, oh, man, you can't. You're just, wow, you're just really drunk. That's not, <laughs> that would just not be cool to watch. <laughs> I feel like I would have had a lot of footage of that if I had the iPhone 12 Pro back, say, when I was 27, 28 then but of course you know had that happened and I had that epiphany sooner than I eventually did where I just realized you know you're really drunk you're just it's not cool it's just kind of eh although it seemed like I had a lot of fun times seemed like I had a lot of fun times but eventually I found myself to just annoy myself being drunk um but had I thought that before maybe I would have cured cancer Unlikely, very unlikely. I think I would have needed it way before the age of twenty-seven <laughs> to be like, you know, I maybe don't do that. It would have had to be a little bit something more than a video to find, though, uh, though. Yeah, there was some, there was some good drinking times though. There was fun stuff. I would probably do more of it these days if it just having two drinks. Didn't completely ruin my whole next day as I just, like, just don't feel like doing jack shit. Just feel sluggish. Just off. Ugh. But man. Like, having just a, a couple of beers used to be very good. And I still, you know, I still like to especially have some Angry Orchard, which I thought about getting tonight, but I've been just consuming way too many energy drinks. As I did have Red before doing this. Since I have a major lack of sleep these days. The only thing that keeps me going is a fuck ton of caffeine and whatever the hell else they put in that shit. <laughs> uh, And uh, I was like, you know what, I should probably maybe, <laughs> maybe not throw booze into the equation as well. Try to somewhat detox my body since I have a couple of days off. Like uh, tomorrow and... Monday, definitely don't hit any energy drinks or anything, just clear it out. A lot of water, maybe some Gatorade. I'm fine with that. We'll hit up some Gatorade, get some electrolytes, maybe some Brondo, you know? It's got electrolytes. (laughs) Fucking love Idiocracy. Good shit. Good, good shit. Uh, I I still need some more Star Wars... Or Marvel going on right now. I know they've got the what if show, which is really good. The Doctor Strange episode was was decent. Uh, but man I need I need that a little bit more as uh, I did uh, after the Doctor Strange episode of this past Wednesday that they put out, you know after watching that I realized you know I don't really remember much from the Doctor Strange movie, that actually, when we went and saw that, I saw it with Muffin Man, Shelley, and the late, great Fiener. Uh, we had gone to a, uh, it was up in Edwardsville, Illinois. I don't know the name of the theater. Um, but uh, it was uh, the trip where, uh, I guess, Fiener had told uh, us on the show that uh, he was dying of cancer. Which is, in the end, not what take, took him away. If you're unfamiliar with Fiener, he uh, got hit by a car in 2020. Anyway, uh, but we thought we thought then that he wasn't gonna live long. So Muffin Man and I went up there and bought him uh, <laughs> a lot of goodies, shall we say? He was a he was a big drinker. Uh, I guess the last year or so. Two. It's from what Feener had said. He would actually not not drank a whole lot. I I don't know. I wasn't really in touch with him much near the end. But uh, he had <laughs> at that point in time he was still very much drinking a lot. And then uh, Muffin Man and I like got him like you know all this. We got him a case of a Heineken, um, some cigarellos, I guess, or well I don't know. There were just some flavored cigars or some shit. I don't remember what we got a bunch of shit from the smoke shop. And then he was notorious uh, for uh, stealing change from places and just going out just anywhere he could find change. He'd just pick up, take change, whatever. And so <laughs> not only, did we get him all these uh, cigars and like Heineken and stuff. Cause normally like he liked Heineken, but he would normally drink. I think it was Natty light tall boys. Or Keystone Light. It was Keystone. I think Keystone was a big thing for him. Um and so we We bought all that stuff and with the change we had left over, we just tossed it in the back of uh, Muffin Man's Jeep. And so when we picked up Fiener, it was he was just so excited about the change. And then I remember very clearly he <laughs> was it was like a kid on fucking Christmas. With the change, like, I mean, he was just, oh, fucking change, he started taking it up. But he wouldn't touch the pennies, that was beneath Fiener, he, uh, he's like, fuck the pennies, I'm not taking the pennies. And, uh, (laughs) so yeah, we, (laughs) that was how the night started, and then we ended up, I guess, well, we met up with Shelly and Fiener, and then, like, Fiener got in the, we all got piled into Muffin Man's Jeep, and that's when the change situation happened. I don't know. I just remember the change thing. This is several years back now. Um, but (laughs) then we go to some Mexican place and had uh, several margaritas, if I recall. And I don't remember the food so much, but I know that I had a few margaritas in me before seeing the movie, which used to be a great thing for me. Speaking back about alcohol, um, I don't, again, I don't think I was that annoying until I got just really fucking drunk, which I, back in the day used to be my goal every night to get really fucking drunk. A good buzz, I can be somewhat entertaining, I think. <laughs> somewhat. Anyway, <laughs> like, I had a good buzz going into it, and uh, at the time I was, I think I was training pretty hard for marathons, so, like, I I was tired a lot from, just from running a lot, <laughs> And, uh, so, uh, after we get out of the, uh, Mexican place, we go to the theater and start watching this movie. And I think I had a drink or two at the movie theater as well. And when I got in those seats, they, I don't remember if they were reclining or not, but they were pretty comfy seats. And, uh, you know, I dozed off for a lot of that movie, as well did Fiener. But I think Fiener was snoring. I don't know that I was. <laughs> I kept coming to and fro. And uh, I don't know how much I slept through but I realize now when I was watching the What If episode on Disney Plus that uh, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't really remember that much about the Doctor Strange movie because i are like, the whole What If is What If... Dr. Strange lost his heart and not his hands. And I'm like, his hands? He lost his fucking hands? Doesn't he have his hands? (laughs) Which is like the big fucking plot point of the movie is that his hands get fucking ruined. And uh, he can't steady his hands. They shake all the time. And so, because he's a surgeon, he needs his hands to be steady to be able to do the procedures and all that shit. So... (laughs) Apparently, I'd forgotten all about that, or I fell asleep through that part, which is a big portion of the movie. (laughs) This was 2016, I think, when it was released, so it's been five years since it came out. Uh, But, (laughs) yeah, I was like, I had to go back and watch it. And uh, I remember thinking the movie was okay, but there were big chunks where I was just kind of in and out of consciousness that I just wasn't sure what was going on. I, I did enjoy it a lot more when I watched it the other night. As uh, I was making uh, dinner and watching it after after I watched the What If episode, so <laughs> I was like, you know what? It's a shame I didn't pound a Red Bull before <laughs> watching that movie. I was just too busy drinking alcohol. Well, I could have done Red Bull and vodka. That would have used to get the party started back in my twenties, in the late twenties. It was a lot of Red Bull and vodka and Jaeger bombs. That would have. Oh man, that would have. Whoa, yeah, we're watching this movie. <laughs> And I might not shut up during the whole movie, which could be a problem. That's that's not good. <laughs> uh, but uh, another thing that uh, Disney Plus, I guess, recently put out, as I started watching right before doing this show, is X-Men Dark Phoenix. Now, back in the day, in my teenage years, and, like early to, I guess, even, like, late teens. I was into comics a lot. I enjoyed comics a lot, my teenage years in general. Uh, I don't remember what, what was my first comic exactly. My cousin Jason actually uh, turned me on to the G.I. Joe comics. I know that, but I think I might have been into some comics before then. I don't remember what was my first. I know I was into Superman for a long time. I feel like that might have been... The first ones that I got into, I was into that for a little bit with, like, the death of Superman. And uh, when Doomsday came out and killed Superman. And then Deathlock was one, that I, the Marvel comic, that I followed a lot. And the, I was a fan of Jim Lee, the artist, who I was first aware of through Marvel Comics, through X-Men and such. Which, X-Men became my biggest obsession when it came to comics. I fucking loved that shit, which was the point I was getting to. But Jim Lee was one of my favorite artists, and that actually led to uh, getting into Image Comics there for a while because he would move on to there and such. Uh, but X-Men, though, holy shit. I love those comics, and there was just so many great storylines and characters in the comic, and... Uh, the films, when they came out, I don't remember when the first one came out. It came out, I guess, very early 2000s, maybe late 90s, but I think it was the early 2000s. And the first one was all right. I did like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I thought he was really good. In, in all the times he's been Wolverine in the movies, I enjoyed him. Maybe not so much, I didn't think the movies maybe were that great. Logan was the best of the best and he, that movie's fucking fantastic with the, Logan. She's a total Logan. <laughs> <laughs> My very uh, expansive uh Professor X impression or uh <laughs> Patrick Stewart. And uh anyway, some of those X-Men movies are not great. <laughs> not great. Like, again, the first one was okay. Um, second one, eh. The I thought the probably the best of the series of just the X Men movies. Not count considering any of the Wolverine standalone films or uh Deadpool somewhat related to X Men. There's some X Men in Deadpool and stuff, but I'm not counting any of that. I'm saying strictly just the X Men in the title. (laughs) Um X-Men First Class. I really thought that one was probably the best of the best is any of the X-Men movies. Um, still not, like, the greatest superhero fucking movie I've ever seen. However, still, uh, like, I love the comic books. I'd like to see at least some of these characters get some better action in some of these films once, once they uh, are official, like, in the MCU movies. I think I'd like to see... You know, at least like Wolverine. Let's see Wolverine in there, and hopefully have him fight the Hulk. That'd be great. Um, but anyway, Disney Plus just put out the X Men Dark Phoenix. I started watching it <laughs> right before doing the show tonight, and again, I knew the I knew the movie was trash. Like I had heard about it, I didn't bother go seeing it in the theater and it seemed like the studio just kind of just pushed that shit out right before i guess marvel had the full rights to x-men i'm not sure exactly how that worked but uh, uh sony or whoever had the rights to x-men before uh disney eventually got the full on rights to the x-men <laughs> they they had some again x-men first class it de- was pretty decent then the X Men Apocalypse, eh, which I love the Apocalypse character, not great, not great. I don't even remember how many X Men movies there are. There's, there's quite a few. Just, <laughs> there's some bad ones in there. And uh, Dark Phoenix, I made it to about the fifty minute mark, something like that, before doing the show. And yeah, it's it it is really bad. It it, it is really bad. The bad. I'm I'm glad I didn't go see it in the theater. <laughs> Although I've watched a lot of bad movies in the theater, and I don't really regret it so much. Even though uh Coyote ugly, I could maybe could have gone without seeing that one in the theater. And I've I've talked shit on that movie for years. And I I have ran into people or talked to people within the last few years who are like, "Oh, really? I love that movie." <laughs> but I guess to each their own, but I thought it was a terrible movie <laughs> to see seen in the theater. And it had John Goodman, and I love John Goodman. But I did not love that movie. Uh Dark Phoenix too. Also, not great. I'm gonna end up finishing watching that movie. Just not it just doesn't need to be in one sitting. I don't need to be sitting for two hours. A little over two hours, I think, watching a shitty film. But uh while I'm eating dinner and stuff, you know, I'll throw on some shitty shittiness or cooking and we're like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> a little background movie. No it won't hurt anybody. It can be Real shit. It can be an Ed Wood movie. Um <laughs> it is I mean, it's crazy to think I, I don't know what the budget was on that. I'm gonna have to look that up. Uh <laughs> but the, like even like the effects in it just don't seem like they spent that much and it looks like they used reject Star Wars costumes for the X Men, which uh there was a Dark Phoenix too? Oh Jesus. I don't, I don't think so. But let's see, budget and box office. I'm pretty sure it tanked at the box office. Um, oh, it did make its money. Hmm, that's surprising. <laughs> well, how much did it lose? It did it not? Oh, well, they're saying it posted a total loss of $133 million. Let's see here. This is on Screenrant.com. Uh, that was I mean it's it's not a great film not a great film for sure this is what Screen Rant has to say about it Fox's X-Men Dark Phoenix lost the most money of any movie released in 2019 which should also be noted was the last year that people could really go see movies in a normal setting that was pre-pandemic like right it got in under the wire, like there was no reason for them to you know not do well other than having a shitty movie um so uh the conclusion of the x men first class series Dark Phoenix was the last mainline x men movie Fox completed prior to being bought by Disney. It opened up in june twenty nineteen to generally negative reviews and was criticized for its lackluster execution across the board. If that wasn't troubling enough, it was also the studio's second adaptation of the acclaimed Dark Phoenix saga comic book storyline after 2006's much derided X-Men Last Stand, which is not great, which was even written by Dark Phoenix writer director Simon Kinberg. Due to the unflattering <laughs> early word of mouth, box office projections were pretty low heading Dark Phoenix's opening weekend. Despite spite of that, the film still bombed harder than expected, setting an all-time low for Fox's X-Men franchise in the process. Shortly after it was predicted, the movie would ultimately cost Fox somewhere in the vicinity of 100 to 120 million dollars. Unfortunately, the final loss was even worse. Ugh. There's uh, per Deadline, Dark Phoenix posted a total loss, 133 million dollars after topping out at the $252 million at the global box office. Another all-time low for the X-Men movies. Overall, it lost more money than any other film released <laughs> of that year, uh, including notorious commercial bombs like Terminator, Dark Fate, which that lost $122.6 million. I didn't realize that bombed that bad. Now this, <laughs> I know it was a bomb, Cats, lost $113.6 million. Gemini lost over 111 mil, but, uh, holy shit, that cat, I kind of want to watch that cat, see how long I could watch it, I don't know that, uh, I, I mean, I've heard it's bad, it's, I've seen little clips of it, and they do look fucking weird, I wonder if I could last longer in cats than I could, Rubber, the classic movie where the tire kills people, um, which I think 15, maybe 20 minutes is the most I've ever seen in that movie, and I've tried to watch it many times, But uh, I can watch Dark Phoenix easier than that, that's for sure. Um, Combined with the reviews, Dark Phoenix's box office loss can be attributed to a perfect storm of factors. For starters, uh, its budget rose to $200 million after substantial reshoots, which included refilming its entire climax. And the movie was subsequently delayed from November of 2018 to the following February. Was thereafter delayed again against its producers' wishes to June to accommodate Fox's *Alita: Battle Angel*, with which only further damaged its efforts at building hype and increased the negative buzz surrounding the project. Of course, all of this was happening while Disney was in the process of finalizing its purchase of Fox, so the latter studio wasn't exactly focused on making *Dark Phoenix*. Uh, sure, *Dark Phoenix* turned out well, so uh, which it's a terrible movie. <laughs> Uh, There were other problems which impacted the Dark Phoenix in a creative sense. Namely, it was originally written as two movies before Fox decided to condense it into a single film. And it has been pointed out before, there arguably wasn't a whole lot of fan interest in another take on the Dark Phoenix Phoenix saga following The Last Stand. Finally, for many filmgoers, 2017's Logan felt like the true conclusion to Fox's mainline X-Men movies. So there was never all that much excitement for Dark Phoenix from the get-go. Uh add it all together and the result is the biggest box office bomb of 2019. <laughs> uh Yeah, of course and then Disney's going to fucking reboot that shit. I uh I hope they I hope they find a really good Wolverine. Fun fact. Uh <laughs> Uh, I don't know that there's... I don't think there's really been any really news on uh, on the, the line of... <laughs> yeah, I'm looking up Disney X-Men. And, of course, they're just talking about <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Like, they didn't really need that. They didn't really need that. Uh, apparently, uh, Doctor Strange 2 is supposed to have an X-Men character in it. Uh... Pre Disney X Men movies, so that'll that'll be something to look forward to. I don't I'm not sure when uh, Doctor Strange two comes out, but man, we need we need some good X Men movies <laughs> other than Logan. You know, it's a shame though because those, those X Men movies have some good actors in it, and you know it seems like they had the budget, they had the means to make a good movie, but a lot of them are just fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. Uh, recent, this is, uh, on inverse.com. Recent rumors suggest the MCU's first major mutant could appear in the upcoming movie, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, which a great title name and, uh, great title. Um, and the latest leak may have just revealed exactly which X-Men character will be the first to step through the multiverse and join the Avengers. Let's see here, uh, the do, do, do. latest leak comes from Twitter tipster Viewer Anon, who appears to have connections in the entertainment industry and shared info on everything from the Matrix 4 to Grand Theft Auto 6 in the past. This time, they're chiming in on the MCU. Specifically, viewer non-suggest Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Great title, but again, it is a tongue twister. It could introduce an entire new superhero team, the Illuminati. In the comics, this is a group of powerful characters who band together to work in secret, featuring some of the biggest names in the Marvel Universe in the MCU. That lineup will apparently include, oh, oh, holy shit, Professor X, Professor Xavier, that's uh Captain Carter Boulder the Brave Monica Rambeau and Mordo which yeah Monica Rambeau's uh the uh da- daughter of uh Captain Marvel's friend which Monica Rambeau's also in the uh, WandaVision um <laughs> <let's> see here <laughs> The viewer nod says, I don't know if this is a finalist, and I will stress, as always, to take things with a grain of salt, but here is who I've heard make up the Illuminati in Multiverse of Madness. Professor X, that's a big fucking get to put him right in it. It says, there's a lot lot to unpack here, but the biggest name of the bunch has got to be Professor X, a.k.a. Charles Xavier. As the de facto leader of the X-Men, his appearance in the MCO could be a huge deal could be i think that would be a huge deal but uh and likely herald uh of even more x-men coming down the pipeline captain carter also intriguing especially since it suggests the a direct line between what if and dr strange in the multiverse of madness uh other alleged illuminati members like monica rambeau and balder the brave would help connect this movie to other upcoming marvel properties like the marvels and thor love and thunder Oh, Taika Waititi. <laughs> and of course, including Mordo means we'll get some closer uh closure on the ending of 2016's Doctor Strange. But anyway, the actor Professor X is there talking more about this shit uh with the Professor X. Not really giving a whole lot of details though. It's just uh it's just a rumor at this point is uh i think we got a minute before uh the release date on that Doctor Strange 2 Let's see here release it is release date in India why would that be one of the top searches is that um well we got to march of next year we got we got a while yet I mean, that's less than a year away, but uh, (laughs) it's going to be a minute. we still got quite a few months before we'll see that, but not too long before we could potentially see a Professor X. I wonder who they'll pick for uh, Professor X. Maybe they'll throw – I mean, I like James McAvoy, but I I don't know that he's going to want to play Professor X too. And, again, I'm sure that they'll probably recast it where it would be kind of weird because they want to separate their – X-Men and such from the X-Men of the pre or the uh, non-Disney X-Men movies. Although it was kind of (laughs) cool that uh, WandaVision had uh, the same Quicksilver as uh, they did in the X-Men movies. By, uh, 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 his name eludes me, but he was, he's, uh, Evan Peters. That's, that's the actor's name. Um, came to me right before I finally finished my Google search, but Evan Peters, it it was cool. I like Evan Peters, but having him in WandaVision as the fake (laughs) Quicksilver was, was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was some cool shit. Uh, but in in the Avengers movie where they have Quicksilver, he's not Evan Peters. It's a different actor. It was kind of funny though having him in there. Again, I don't think I'd see like a James McAvoy. I'm not sure who they would really cast nowadays as a Professor X. In my head, it's always gonna be Patrick Stewart, and he was just the perfect Professor X. Like that, I mean, Logan. She should call Logan. Like I mean, it just... I need to probably have a couple more words in there that I have a Professor X to really go along with that. But I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to imagine a good Professor X, somebody that looks really good, bald, that would be of the right age, per se, with a Professor X. I am wondering if there's any... Internet gossip, I'm sure. Casting rumors, let's see what we got here. Is that's coming... Ooh, ooh, this would... I mean, I I love this actor, but I don't... uh, Here's uh, on CBR.com, which I don't know what CBR stands for, but... uh, (laughs) says Brian Cranston and nine other actors who can play professor X in the MCU. I don't, I love Brian Cranston. I mean, I fucking love me. My, I love Brian, but, uh, love me some Brian Cranston breaking bad, but seeing him bald, I see fucking Walter White. I don't think you should be putting him as professor X. Uh, but there's definitely going to be someone new playing him. Uh, what there there's of course they're talking to Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy here, and it says number ten of ten. Brian Cranston is a fan favorite choice, but again, it's gonna look like Walter White. It says when fans speculate about who could be next to plop their asses, which of course they put butts, but uh, I'm gonna say asses. Plop their asses into Professor X's signature wheelchair next popular choice that comes up in conversation is Brian Cranston. Obviously since Cranston spent many of his years bald playing characters like Walter White in the memorable breaking bad and Zordon, I forgot he played Zordon and the not so memorable power Rangers. It's clear to see how fans reach this conclusion or besides looking the part, he has the, the voice that it takes to make Xavier an empathetic wise elder to his students. Uh, Dan Stevens here is number nine, which I am unfamiliar with the Dan Stevens. It says, with the MCU being such a large franchise that spans several movies across several years, it would not come as much of a surprise to imagine Marvel Studios deciding to cast a young actor to play Xavier for the sake of longevity. Longevity certainly worked in favor of the first class at franchise where a 30-something James McAvoy played the role for nearly a decade. Uh, if that's the case, the 30 year uh, 38-year-old Dan Stevens would be an interesting younger choice whilst also being an inspired one. Stevens previously played the son of Professor X in the Fox X-Men movie franchise tie-in show Legion. Okay. That's where he comes from. Uh, I heard Legion was pretty decent, but I, I never did see Legion. Uh, oh, Lance Reddick coincides with current rumors. Uh... Dating back to as early as 2019, it was rumored by notable sites like We Got This Covered that Marvel Studios was considering making changes to Professor X and Magneto by painting them as black men raising through the civil rights era. That's interesting. To highlight their respective long existing Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X parallels. Well, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, you know what? I mean, doing that take on them to see. Xavier, I guess, would be Martin Luther King Jr. and. Magneto being Malcolm X going, like, real hardcore militant. (laughs) Magneto is all about killing people. Um, And then one of the actors who may fit the bill is Lance Reddick, the former Wire actor, has the commander voice of a stoic leader as well as the determined presence. And I guess guess he would be considered for the uh, Magneto character. I don't know. That might be interesting. And then uh, David... uh, Oh, oh, man, I'm going to mispronounce his name. I believe he's in Black Panther, but David Oyelowo is the uh, Xavier MLK choice. If Marvel decided to go completely on the nose with the Martin Luther King Jr. illusion, which he played Martin Luther King Jr. uh, uh, yeah, uh, Then David Oyelowo, who played the man in the lead role of Selma, Role for which he was Golden Globe nominated for Best Actor may be all too perfect to play the character. Taking a look at some of David's best performances, it would seem like the actor is at best when expressing compassion and empathy for others, two qualities that have proven to be Xavier's most likable characteristics. Mark Strong, uh, casting against type here, they're saying is uh, number number six on their list. And uh, for years, he's been typecast as a menacing villain, which I've seen him in many as a villain. Major motion pictures like Sherlock Holmes, Green Lantern, Kick-Ass, and Shazam. Try, you know, I kind of forgot about Shazam. I have yet to watch that. They need to put that on Netflix or something. Put it on there somewhere for me to watch. Uh, I think it might be on HBO Go, which unfortunately I don't have. However, lead protagonist performances like Kingsman, the Secret Service, and the Brothers Grimsby Rimsby, <laughs> prove that Strong is capable of playing a hero as well. Uh, yada yada. Tim Curry. Whoa, what? Um, Tim Curry being actually disabled. He's number five. Would pay respect to an essential physical physical quality of the character. I love Tim Curry, but I, I don't know that he'd be able to play it. I mean, I thought he was in, like, really rough shape. As of 2012, Tim Curry's acting pursuits have been restricted to mostly voice acting opportunities due to a stroke that has since left him paralyzed. For fans who miss his actual on-screen presence, Professor X could be his reintroduction to the big screen. On top of being a great actor, Curry being actually disabled would pay respect to an essential physical quality of the character. As long as Curry is willing and able to go back to on-set work, it wouldn't hurt to at least ask if he's interested. That would be interesting, but I don't know if I don't know his like actual what the state of things. But I, I I don't know. I don't. I don't see him doing it. Then uh, (laughs) Courtney B. Vance is uh, number four on the list. His wife Angela Bassett already has a role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe thanks to the Black Panther franchise. But looking at his qualifications, Courtney B. Vance might be suitable to join. Or as Professor X which I believe uh, you're showing a, a picture of him playing uh, Johnny Cochran in the uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson uh, but uh, readers may best recognize Vance for playing yeah, Johnny Cochran Ba-ba-ba. but uh, th- that might be interesting number three Peter Capaldi can offer a vul- vulnerable <laughs> I cannot speak to my vulnerable Xavier uh, uh, it's not too long ago that Peter uh, signed off in playing the Doctor a role he played for three seasons on Doctor Who the oldest actor to play the part died with William Hartnell ironically enough he'd also be the second oldest actor on the list second behind Tim Curry which is again also hes Tim Curry is pretty old at this point um, but with age comes the range and experience necessary to play multifaceted Professor X uh, But, yeah, that's number... Oh! Oh! My favorite actors out here. Number two on the list. Like, this would be interesting. But, man, I don't know that I... See him as a Professor Xavier. I fucking just think he's such a great villain. But Gian- Giancarlo, which I have learned in, the like, the last years or so, how to properly say his name, Giancarlo Esposito, Uh, because he's uh, actually, like, Italian. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, because I used to think it was Giancarlo. Uh, Anyway, Giancarlo Esposito uh, could make a great Magneto or Xavier, they're saying, which... I mean, I could see him being more of a Magneto. But I kind of... With Magneto, I like... Though, again, I guess the character would be too old now, at this point, to have the uh, death camp thing in there, because... In the comic books, Magneto came around, came of age during World War II, and he actually was in like a death camp and stuff. And so that's that gave him like the, I think the perfect reason to go be this murderous fuck that like killing humans, non mutants. Uh, was okay to him because, like, he was put into a death camp and saw just the fucking atrocities that were committed and and his actions seemed justified. I don't know how they would do that in a newer, uh, younger character that didn't have that. They're going to have to have something at his core, which I'm sure you can have something, but I don't know. All in that seeing like, those comics where, like, like he's uh, had to go through that, it seemed like... That was it. Really helped build how, like, you could see how he would turn to that, to that uh, dark side, if you will. <laughs> um, it says some may argue that Giancarlo Carlo Esposito would make the perfect Magneto due to his pedigree when it comes to playing villains. In fact, he supposedly was on the same short list for Marvel for actors in the running to play Magneto in the MCU. However, he is also has what it takes to be a heroic leader. Um, as Epic's viewers are witnessing in his performance as Pastor Adam Clayton Powell Jr., which I have not seen, Esposito has a knack for playing wise, warm hearted orators who know their way around a potential or a political circle. He can be persuasive not just because of his sharp tongue, but by expressing warmth and trust that makes it easy to recruit mutants to his team and school. I fucking love John. Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, and this is an interesting choice. Their number one is Ray Fiennes. Uh, he is... uh. That is interesting. Um, They say here, like many actors on the list before him, Ray, uh, Ray Fiennes is classically trained in the art of Shakespearean style acting on paper. This does not sound an incredibly important thing in the world. So readers remember that Patrick Stewart is an actor who himself mastered the art of Shakespeare theater. But you know, I don't. Uh, I don't see Ray Fiennes as being Magneto or Professor X. But then they're going to run into the problem too. I think I'm pretty sure Ray Fiennes is kind of up there at this point. He's got. I'm thinking he's probably got to be at least in his early 60s or so. I'm not sure how old Ray is, but they could run into the problem. <laughs> he's just not going to be the character for uh, for many years. I don't know that uh I would I mean I like some of the choices on the list. The Giancarlo Esposito, I would love to see him. Obviously, he seems to love doing movies like this. I mean, he's uh, Grand grandmoff uh or Moff Gideon. Sorry, Moff Gideon. And was said Grand Moff Tarkin, but uh Moff Gideon in uh The Mandalorian, which it seems like he's having a lot of fun doing that. And he's again such a great villain as uh <laughs> but uh, who, here on the uh, and on com, they do have Giancarlo Esposito listed as number 1 uh to be playing one professor x um rumored so that 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 would be interesting you know i c- i could see him he is in my head a villain although i've seen him in other things where he's not a villain he's just a Great actor and listen to interviews, he just seems like a really cool dude. Uh <laughs> but uh apparently they have him listed here as uh according to We Got This Covered, which I guess they noted in the other article there. Uh MCU may be looking to cast person of color, yada yada. John Carlo is at the top of the list. He damn well better be. Brian Cranston's on this list as well, too. At number two, and then Denzel Washington. So I guess they're really wanting <laughs> Magneto and Xavier to to be of color. Man, Denzel's got to be getting pretty old now too. But yeah, man, I I love Dan Denzel in Training Day. He was such a good villain in that. But it, most of the time, I do see De, Denzel as more of a heroic thing. And really. And it's just, I think the hardest part for me with like the Magneto thing is just not having that backstory of the death camps and that just darkness. It's hard for me to rationalize or to see what what kind of darkness they could put in there to like justify Magneto becoming as evil as he would eventually become, at least in the comics. I assume in the movies as well he's just going to be an evil bastard. He's got to be. Although in the comics, like he would go dark for a while and then <laughs> some storylines he would change his ways, like in the Age of Apocalypse, he becomes more of the takes on what Professor X would have wanted as uh the the basically I mean it becomes the the Holocaust where the mutants take over and kill off all the humans and basically do what Magneto tried to do and much of the storylines of the X Men comic. So it's, I don't know, it's an interesting thing. I'm I'm excited to see what uh what the people over there at Marvel and uh, Disney are gonna end up doing with the X Men. I think Kevin is gonna do some good stuff over there. But we shall see, we shall see that I like the thought of John Carlo as being involved. That's good stuff. I'd like to see Brian Cranston in there, but I I really hope they don't make him like Professor X but I don't I don't know what other character he could really play considering his age he's he's somewhere in his 60s I believe as well like mid 60s or so so I mean he's getting up there and it's not like he's going to be all of a sudden like cyclops or something I don't know that X-Men would necessarily be the right character for him but you know there's any way to get more Brian Cranston in the world it just sounds like a fantastic idea and if you... Oh, man, you know what? I'm going to pull this up. There's <laughs> Brian Cranston. This, uh, he talked about it on the Rich Eisen show, I know. He actually had a run-in with Charles Manson. And, damn it, I've got to pull up this clip right before I uh, check out here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Charles Manson. Here we go. Should show up that clip of... Uh, Oh uh, this is I talked about it I guess on several shows, but this is, this is the one I, I recall with the Dan Patrick. And it's probably gonna play an ad to begin with. Yeah, you cocksuckers. Guitar Center, I'm not playing your ad. Although I do like Guitar Center.
0: <laughs> I uh, saw where you go. growing up had an encounter with Charles Manson who just passed away. Yeah. Uh, we we just had uh, Mike Love for the Beach Boys on. I know and Mike was talking about how Dennis, you know, the drummer, and yeah. his cousin was trying... He was trying to get the Beach Boys to join Charles Manson's group. <laughs> well, the, you know, to his credit, Charles Manson had a great group. They were hot. They The, the guitars were amazing. Yeah. It was, like, <laughs> insane. But, okay, you you didn't know that this Charles Manson, he was Crazy Charlie to you? Well, my cousin and I used to go horseback riding at the Spawn Ranch, which is in a... a yeah, it's a community... northwest of Los Angeles, and uh, it's very rural, and we would go up there horseback riding, and the last time I did, I was about 12. It was 1968 or late 68, I think, fall, and uh, we were renting our horses, and some guy came in and started screaming, Charlie's on the hill! Charlie's on the hill! And it it startled us. We were like, oh, what happened? And the old guy who was renting his horse said, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And he... Everybody there, maybe eight to ten people, men and women, jumped on horses and galloped away. And we were, wow, what was that? Well, the old guy brings out two horses that, you know, Central Park horses that are clunk, 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 clunk. clunk, And we start to do our horseback ride uh, in the same direction where they went. About 20 minutes later, we see a, a trail of horses coming back. And the the width of this trail is maybe 10 feet. So horses have to pass by each other very closely. And in the middle of this pack, there was one little man with black hair and dark dead eyes who was on the horse, but he wasn't holding his own reins. The the guy in front of him was holding. And he was just sitting kind of wildly like this, just like going with the movement of the horse. And he was just out of his mind. And my cousin and I are passing, and we're looking at him and like, oh, my God. And I looked at him carefully as he was passing, and my cousin said, that must be Charlie. <laughs> and then we didn't think a thing of it. The following year, we see oh, all the Tate-LaBianca murders, and there had been arrest and here's the picture. of, And it was like... And that was I get on the phone to my cousin, and she's going, "I I was just about to call you. Oh my God, can you believe it?" It's like that was Charlie Manson. And you're thirteen years, thirteen years old at the time. I was twelve years, twelve years old 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 at the time. time? It's kind of hard to process that. It it didn't. And and then again, when I heard he died and saw his face again and saw pictures of when he was younger, it was like, oh my God! It had it was almost like turning a switch. It was like, ooh, I'll never forget that face. And that's why I'm. Positive it was him because it was such a big deal that, you know, Charlie's on the hill. And, they, and then s- staring at him on his way back. And it was just indelible in my memory. For more Dan Patrick show. To-
1: That's some crazy shit. <laughs> I can't imagine having that experience. I would imagine anybody that fucking ran into Charlie Manson back then and then would hear that fucking newscast. You know, like holy fucking shit. I didn't see that because just seeing fucking photos of the guy. Seen seeing, like, interviews of the guy. Where, I mean, he just seemed like you'd fucking remember Charlie. I don't, I don't care if you just fucking ran into him at a gas station. You ordered a, you know, fucking bought a pack of cigarettes there or something. You're going to fucking remember Charlie Manson. Holy shit. Crazy eyes. His eyes kind of remind me of, if you ever look up, which I don't think there's a whole lot of video footage of but there's definitely plenty of pictures of uh, Rasputin, the what do they call him, the crazy monk or whatever, whatever the monk, the Russian monk, Rasputin, that, uh, was brutally fucking assassinated. (laughs) They tried killing him several ways and it took quite a while to kill the bastard. But at the end of the, or the beginning of the Russian revolution, I guess, whenever they killed the Tsar and his family, they of course killed uh, Rasputin as well. But he was known to like, they say like he would basically brainwash people and stuff, but he was very, uh, He could, I guess, influence people very easily, I guess. But his eyes, you look at pictures of him, his eyes just look like they pierce right through you. Manson had that same sort of thing going on. Maybe he was uh, Rasputin's reincarnation. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. But uh, I would imagine just seeing that uh, little Charlie Manson just bobbing along as Charlie's on the hill. That would be some crazy shit. I can see just waking up one night and just fucking see it, you know, having a flashback of that, or anytime you go riding a horse, fucking think Charlie's right there. Anyway, I th- <laughs> I think we're good here. I'm probably gonna get off and maybe play some uh, Call of Duty, and, uh, maybe maybe uh play a little guitar or something, something, something or other. As uh yeah, I've got nothing else here. So as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair. Not a trash can.